This week on Marketing Jungle, I'm talking to Sam from Coco Lena. Coco Lena is a lifestyle store based up in Beecroft in Northwest Sydney. She sells homewares, clothing, and gifts. Welcome, Sam. Great to have you. Just wanted to start by getting you to just tell me a little bit about your business. How did it start? Why did you go into business and and what do you love about it? Okay. So how did it start? Well, I think it kind of was stemmed from my family. Like my dad's always had his own business. Mm -hmm. So that's always kind of been ingrained in us. Yeah. Then I was studying in Milan footwear design. Okay. And they sent us to certain shops to go and have a look for inspiration for on the weekend. And I came across this store called Corsa Coma, uh-huh. which is in Milan. And it was like two stories with a cafe courtyard and it had a little bit of everything, but it was top end. So it had like maybe 20 books, but they were all on design or architecture, like really high-end expensive stuff. They had a little shoe section and it was like 30 shoes, but all the top designers. So it was just uh-huh. a bit of everything. So it was really nice to go in and see. Yeah. You know, a bit of inside of everything instead of going to a shoe shop or going to a bookstore. So I really enjoyed that. And I was like, oh, really need to bring that. Like this concept's great. But if I did it at a lower price point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my original idea was to open that and get it running while I'm studying footwear design in Australia to try and get that going. Okay. And then I didn't realize how much time this was going to be. <laughs> and it took longer than what I expected. Right. And then the reason why I decided to go into the gift buying, because I was a florist and I used to do the gift buying for florist shops that I worked at. And I really enjoyed that aspect. Okay. So then I just, yeah, it kind of just developed from there. And then how it's evolved over the years too, it always changes. I thought once I get the formula right, it will run itself, but it constantly changes. Constantly changes. And what do you love about it? Oh, I like actually like sourcing the new products and then seeing what actually moves in the store. Okay. So like sometimes if you really love it, it's really a good sign that they're going to love it. Plus for me in the area that I opened, it's an older demographic myself, but I love that because I feel like, so people will come in and say like, oh, I need jewelry for a 30 year old, but I don't feel like some items have an age to it. It's more to do with your style. Yes. So a 30-year-old could wear this necklace, but so could a 60-year-old, but it would wear it differently. And then, yep. so I like that concept of me when I buy something and then who actually ends up buying it. It's the intrigue of yep. seeing where it lands, where the products end up or where, that's really cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah. So that's been um, an interesting journey. Okay. How long have you had the business? Oh my gosh. I think I'm on 11 years now, maybe even 12. Wow. In the same place? Yeah. Okay. I was really lucky. So my dad and his brothers owned that building. Right. So I just took it on and I thought, oh, I'll be there for five or six years. And then <laughs> it kind you of are 11 still years there. And it was very interesting because I went to a few seminars when I first started and I did a small business course mm-hmm. a couple of years before. And they all said, you know, like you have to not just be in your business, you've got to work on your business. And that was a really hard concept for me to get my head around. I was okay. trying to do it all and wear so many hats and Yeah. And do you think you've improved with that, but at doing that in the last 10 years? I think since I've got my second job, because I felt like I needed change, but not ready to let the shop go. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's all changed Okay, uh, in some ways for the better, because I still do the aspect of me buying, but now I feel like I work on the business more so because I'm not so much in it. You're not in it every day. Yeah. But in saying that, like I do, because you build up those relationships with customers and Mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we're not seeing you as much. But I was really lucky because I had good staff. So they were like, 
leave messages with my staff and my mum works there two days a week. So oh. I was like, oh, we met your mum. So that was actually quite a good, I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but yeah. um, she doesn't come from a retail background. Right. And she works on my quieter days of the week. But she's really. Oh, that's really, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. What do you wish you could change about your business and what do you wish was easier for small business in general? Like what don't you like and what would you change? Uh, I don't like the paperwork. Uh-huh. I'm yeah. sure you're not alone there. I think it's gotten harder over the years. So a lot of supplies have gone paperless. So now everything's on you. You need to print the invoice. You need uh-huh. to take it all off. You need to, yeah, print off how much you owe in your accounts. I feel like it's actually gotten heavier as the years have gone by. Okay, so because things have gone digital, not just yeah. marketing, but business in general has gone digital, mm-hmm. there's more systems for you to go into, there's more of an onus on you to be on top of it. Yeah, and like before with your BAS, they'd send you a letter so you knew the due date. You don't get any of that now. Like I have to put a reminder in my phone. Okay. Like, sorry, they do send a notification that they've sent the form in there, but they send it like two months before it's due and who's going to pay for it early? I'm no. not. <laughs> so I put a reminder in my phone, like you got to do this, yeah. Okay. That's really so, interesting. So before you just used to have a pile and it was ordered by date, pieces of paper and work. Yeah. I think maybe one of the mistakes I did was I didn't set it up with all, like I'm not a computer person. Uh-huh. It's really weird because I should be for my age group, but I really don't enjoy it. Like I use Excel for mm-hmm. like my spreadsheets, for my GST and all that, but I actually don't have a small business accounting software. I don't have any of that. So no QuickBooks so, or Zero or... No. And I guess maybe because then my uncle showed me some stuff because he did all the book work for the businesses that my dad and him owned all together. Mm-hmm. So I had a quick plus the course that I did. But, yeah, yeah, so I find, yeah, like maybe in some ways it's lacking. For example, with the back end of my website is mm-hmm. where it would have come in handy. But then I have staff who don't feel confident using that type of computer system. For example, my mother and she would panic. Right. So in some ways it's like having the basic till still pays off. Yeah, right. So, so how do you promote your business? Oh, yes. Like in some ways I enjoy it and some ways I don't. Okay. Um, Which like, ways do you enjoy? Sometimes when I get something new and just doing an Instagram story, but then there's this pressure of how many Instagram stories you should do a day, what you need to keep on top of it. And I know you've I've seen before and you've mentioned before like consistency is the key. And I go consistent and then I drop off. And then I right. feel like I'm going to start again and go consistent and then I drop off. I can't right. seem to keep it consistent. Maintain consistency. <laughs> it's my biggest challenge maybe because I've got two jobs. I find it really hard. And I can't offload that job to someone else with my staff because they're not capable right. of doing it. Yep. Then I looked into hiring someone and I nearly died with how much they wanted for Instagram. Right. To take over your Instagram. And I thought, wow, that's, yeah. So I think they quoted me $250 a week for four posts. She does go in and take the pictures. And I don't know, like, I still want to dictate what goes on there. So I'm like, it's really not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a, a bit of a control thing as well as. Yeah. yeah. Plus, for me, I always feel maybe because I've been burnt in before in the past with marketing and the costs and the results. Okay. I think there's that whole lot of thing. So I originally paid a guy for my website. It didn't work, wasn't functioning properly. Then he dropped off the planet. Then I got this new guy. Then he had relationship problems. So it took six months instead of one month to fix. But in saying that, he has really looked after me from then on. Mm. And he gave me my website a really good price. Okay. So, like, he was just going through something 
like his wife at the time was meant to take over my account. Right. But then they were having marital issues. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, yeah. And because I am fee-based about all that website stuff. Because you're not. I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. But in saying that last night, I needed, everyone was saying, you need your children's wear online. And I thought, I don't want to pay him three, $400 just to. So I went on YouTube and asked how to add a subheading to a heading step by step. And it took me half an hour, but I did it. Very good. (laughs) I was very proud of myself. Yeah. I have to say for any small business owner, YouTube has been my lifesaver on many, many occasions. I love it. So you use Instagram, you've got a website. How else do you promote your business? Might be. Um, I've got Facebook as well. I have a bigger following on Facebook maybe because of that. I find the older people like Mm -hmm. Facebook and the younger ones like Instagram. I do have a MailChimp newsletter that is connected to everything when I send it out. It's got Instagram and all that. But like I said, it's me being consistent with that newsletter. Um, It did work really well for me in the beginning, but then I had a guy doing it and then someone said, oh, do you realise you're getting really ripped off with how much he charges you? (laughs) There's a bit of a theme here. Yeah, it's very common. And you know what? I've heard horror stories and I'm lucky with what I've spent. I know with the COVID last year and it really motivated small businesses to get online. Yeah. But I know one person who paid 10 and a half grand for their website (gasps) and I'm like, wow, like, yeah, and it hasn't generated, yeah. It's hard with the website, right, because that's the kind of the online version of your shop. And so if the marketing, the website's, it's part of marketing. You've got to get traffic to it. And that's where the other bits of marketing, you know, you can't just, it's not a case of if you build it, they will come with a website. No, it's not. Like I feel like with this job and seeing big onliners and how they get business to their, like to their website, the amount of money they spend though, that's right. To get that business. Like everyone's like, oh, website, you make money and you work from home and your overheads are lower. But a lot of them have warehouses. A lot of them pay a lot for marketing. A lot of them pay for post. And all that is coming out of your profit margin. You've got to get the balance right because you have to spend money to make money and advertising costs, right? Um, yeah. I have this kind it of does. theory. In the past, like advertising has always cost money. You know, TV, radio, classified, newspaper classifieds, getting in the yellow pages, it's always cost money. With social media and email, like it's opened it up to a lot of people, but it still costs you to access the audience because that's what advertising is all about. The people who own the audience are going to charge you to access them. Yeah, well, it's very interesting because Elm has just hired a marketing guru. Right. And she fixed up the Instagram and all this, but my boss won't pay for Instagram influencers. They've done it before with their younger brand and got burnt and not really sure of all the ins and outs of it, mm. but he will pay you in stock and then oh. talk about stock or... So it's yeah. been really interesting, but then it's finding the right fit of your Instagram influencer for your product. So I had my back out just before we were in COVID and I was buying on the lounge and I came across Mia Freeman Mm-hmm. And I've really fallen in love with her stories on Instagram. She's just so real. And I thought, wow, like she wears a lot of Kate Hamill, which is similar to Elm. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to send her Elm and put it out there. And then I, maybe that's because I've got a bit of control. I wanted a particular style. So I said to my boss, I'm doing it. I'm not giving it to marketing. Yeah. I want to yeah. do it a certain way and packaged a certain way. Yeah. She goes, all yeah. right. And she posted about it and they couldn't believe the response of how that, yeah, filled through. that went. 
Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. And then we've actually just done a collab with, um, so Elm's very known for lifestyle pump pieces. Mm -hmm. I suggested that they do a collab with an Australian artist to have an exclusive range. Yeah. So that's coming out soon. And that's going to be interesting to see because she's got 65 million followers on Instagram. As in, I think Elm's only got 20. So it's going to be interesting to see that because my boss was a bit unsure. I'm like, you know what, let's give it a go. Like, we don't want to pay for marketing and I get it, but we have to do these other things. We have to try. We're getting left behind or people are copying our product and if not, doing it a little better. So we need to do something different or, yeah. And my boss was like, oh, you're actually really good at marketing. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm actually not. Like, I don't enjoy it. You're an ideas woman. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, but I need to. So in your business, so just to clarify to you, you have two jobs. One is with a clothing company called Elm, and then you have yep. your own shop, Coco Lena, which yep. stocks Elm, but also gifts and homewares and all sorts of other things. Yeah. But that's really good, right? Because you take what you're learning from this other business and bringing it into your own business. Yeah. And I think that's what I needed to do. I was starting to get stale and I was really good friends with the previous Elmer. And I was like, Oh, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be doing this for. And then I said, Oh, to her one day, like, Oh, I'll probably just take your job. And then I went in one day to choose the next range. And she's like, do you want to come back tomorrow for an interview? Cause I'm moving back to the UK. And I was like, Oh, and I really didn't think I'd get it. So I just thought I'll do the interview. And then, yeah, it was hard in the beginning. I'm looking to lie to juggle the two. And plus I didn't want them to think, like I really had to overcompensate because I didn't want them to think, oh, she's not doing her work because she's got the small business. So I had to let the small business, like let it run itself for a bit. And then that was interesting too, because that was afraid to let go. And then yeah. I realized, oh my God, it actually can work if I'm not there all the time. Because being of the small community. So yeah. That's really interesting because I hear that a lot from small business owners. I have to be in control. Nobody else can do it like me. But in mm-hmm. your case, when you're forced to step away, you yep. do see what you really do need to be involved in, but what can be handled by your staff or doesn't matter if it doesn't get done. Yeah, like there's always tomorrow, like if you don't do it that day. Yeah. Uh, it's stressful around Christmas time because that's my busiest time, but then in Elm it kind of winds down. So the okay. timing of the two jobs is quite good, how they yeah, okay. flow. I'm really lucky though, like my boss is so lovely. He will let me in December, let me work from Ocalina. Oh, brilliant. And I'll, yeah, so they've been, and even during COVID when I mm-hmm. had the store open the first time and stage two wasn't sure where they were at. So I just worked for the two from there. And so I'm very, very lucky that they intertwine quite well. And how much of your marketing do you do yourself versus like outsource? Yeah, I do it all myself, not wow. very well and not very often. So, <laughs> um, which is something I really need to talk to you about, <laughs> which we'll have to do that. Um, so when I go to other stockers and then they find out I have a store, then they're like, oh, what's your Instagram? I'm like, look, I don't put much on there. I don't have many followers because a lot of the country stores already open up and they've got 2,000 followers. So it's very interesting that concept yeah, but- as in I always feel like I need to justify oh, I've only got 500 followers because I don't do that much because you're kind of defined by how many followers you I know have. and it's I've crazy yeah. because what I'm starting to yeah. realize is people follow their competition I was talking to someone a plumber recently oh, yeah. right and it was look at this Instagram they've got 2,000 followers and when I said okay well let's have a look at their followers so many of them are other plumbers And I think it's the same with hairdressing, with plumbing, you know, how many people are followed by their competition? 
Yeah, that's true. You know, like if your 500 followers is people who will actually buy from you, then that's heaps better than having 2,000 followers and they're all just other competitors. It's true, but you still are. So even when I'm looking not so much with Instagram, but when a new stockist comes for the label, the first thing I do is Google to see. And if they don't have a website presence, it's always like, oh, right. Because it's like, have you just, yeah, I don't know. I can't explain it, but it's a bit like, oh, oh, because I, I think, because I went to a seminar years ago and they were like, website is like having your business online. And that always (laughs) just stuck with me. Even if like, for me, I don't have all my categories up I always try to keep fashion and these brooches that we collect up to date on the website because that's mm-hmm. my two items that sell the most of. Yep. Homewares yep. needs to be revamped and, and stuff like that. But I feel like it gives people a good idea of what my store's about. And yeah, so I feel like if you don't have that, I don't know, I feel like sometimes you're at a disadvantage. You're not legit. Yeah. Or if you don't have a Google listing, like that's a really important one. So I've done these things along the way, not even realizing how important they are. Yeah. Now when I'm looking for a new stockist or if someone inquires and I want to check now, the first thing I do is Google them, see if they have a website, see if they've got a Google listing and then their Facebook page. And then when's the last time they posted? And then I'm like, oh, like I don't even post every day. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, but yeah, so it's an interesting, interesting It is interesting. And you touched on it before, you just talked about YouTube. Is that the way that you've learned how to do marketing? Like in the last 10 years, how have you taught yourself all the things that you now know? I learned a lot when I had that one-on-one convo with you and how to do kind of like when you send your newsletter out and the same content. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like repetition in their face that way. I have learned, yes, yeah, some from Google. or Google, I, I mean, YouTube, I do more like how to do things. So, you know, have you noticed Instagram? I've noticed it's kind of changed a bit as in content. Like now you've got music in the back or you've got these little flashy icons. And I'm like, how do people do that? Like how do they do the music? So I actually Googled it. Yeah, I didn't realize it's just this little one button at the top. You press music, little things like that. Uh-huh. Um, I've learned a lot from YouTube and even the back end of the website because every time you contact the website, uh, you're up for a couple of hundred dollars and it could be something so basic. Yeah. And also your husband was putting on Facebook some tutorials. Okay. That was in our disclaimer. Sam and I live near each other and we have had lots of conversations about I'm a regular customer of Sam's shop and we have regular conversations and Damien and I have a Facebook group called I'll plug it now. Yeah. <laughs> Digital marketing strategy for small business. And we've got yeah. some SEO video tips in there. Yeah. So he did this too. I don't know. I was on the exercise bike one day and I was listening to him and I'm like, and it was something simple as the URL. So I would go into my website and just keep the same info, but redo the image uh-huh. and then change the name. But then the URL doesn't change. And it was something that just clicked when he said that. I'm like, oh, all this time I've just been doing this. There's so much. I was, didn't even realize. So I had to go in and change all the URLs, like to <laughs> the old URL, but with the new product name. And did you see a difference in your web traffic when you did that? Probably not because I don't do enough. But then I feel like it's all these little things that don't add up. It is. You're right. Like that's the hard thing, right? I think lots of people focus on posting on Instagram because that's pretty easy and it's pretty visual and you can do it like you can do it quickly. You do it in your personal life. But it's all those technical things and the things that kind of you don't necessarily see other people doing that can be a bit tricky. 
Yeah, and I just thought I didn't even know about that, so how much more do I not? Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. As much as I love my website guy, he actually is great at designing because that's his element, but he's not in back end. He has to get someone else to do that. To do back end. Yeah. So, which I probably need to speak to Damien more. I find that interesting because there are a lot of skills in digital marketing that are required and they go from that really from the full thing of creative and designing all the way to technical and it's interesting that small business owners do try and do it all themselves because of they've been burnt by other agencies. But it's like you can't be good at everything that's needed in digital marketing. No. So it's like, right, you need to set, give it a go, even if it's $500 a month you start with and build up, which is something I really need. Like for me, because I have the second job, I'm okay. But if yeah. I'm just relying on that at this time with COVID and everything, you needed to plug more money into it. So I really got my website up to scratch last year during COVID mm-hmm. because I had the time yeah. and I was in the store every day. So I yeah. got it looking so great <laughs> and I was getting sales and I got excited. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Then my second job called me back. I was back on the road. It was so hard for me. I remember I was in a country town. I got an order. I had not much service. I'm trying to ring my mum to say, quick, we've only got one size 12, put it aside. I'm like, if I keep continuing this way, I really need to integrate the back end. Mm, like, yeah. But then I'm going to have to scan everything. I know my mother won't be able to do that and probably one of my other staff members won't enjoy that. So it's just like where I'm at. So do I keep going this way and just manually doing it all and then do some marketing and see if it grows more, then start integrating. But then, yeah, I don't it's know. It's a tough decision, isn't it, to know what you need to invest in to be able to grow, like what's yeah. going to work. Yeah, and um, maybe with my dad and his businesses and our nationality, it's very like you pay someone, you want results that week. Like, mm. And marketing doesn't, doesn't, have, doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. So you pay someone, you're like, I haven't seen anything. Yeah. So on that, do you do any paid advertising? I do myself sometimes. I prefer doing Instagram, promoting the ads. I do a bit of Facebook, but I have to say Facebook a little bit more confusing. Right. I find Instagram is really easy to target and you can do it in two seconds. Same yeah. with Facebook, but Facebook's a bit. Mm. Do you do any paid Google ads? No, I don't. I've never really thought of that actually. So. I haven't. So that's another one I should, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Like when I'm consistent and I do a paid ad and post, I can already see the results of more followers and stuff. And then I drop off and it's like, then I got to start again. Like, and I don't actually pay a lot. Like the most I do is $12, $15 for a three-day post. And then, yeah, during COVID though, I was doing it, even though not much money was coming in, Mm. I think I was doing $100 a month just kind of doing $25 a week. Yeah. And I do, then when the Instagram one would finish, I'd do Facebook. I find Instagram, you can read the results a lot clearer. Okay. On Facebook, I find it more confusing to read results of your... Of what you've got for your money. But I find Facebook yeah. reporting confusing too, and I'm an Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was I doing my that. dashboard yesterday, and I'm like, not that, not those numbers don't add up. Mm-hmm. And I finally worked it out, but I went, oh, yeah, this isn't easy. Yeah. And I remember when we did, you did that seminar and it was Jaythine and I and a few other people and you were like, data needs to be your best friend. And I'm like, oh, I hate that part the most. I am on the warpath about data. It's my new thing. Data driven. Yeah. I've seen your post and I'm like, oh God, data is the worst part. But I have <laughs> seen like Jaythine's very proactive 
and like seeing the results, but she yeah. does it very well. And she's, yeah. but she's she would say she's not a numbers person. Yeah, no, she's not. But she's very good. Like with, um, she was telling me how she's done her emailing list in different sections, so she knows. Yeah, and yeah. that was very interesting. Yeah, and but then they only have one product too. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a bit different to what I. But by segmenting, like there's lots of studies that say when you segment. So for you, right? If you have people who only buy homewares, only send them homewares. Yeah, but you've got to have the data because you don't have a system where you know what people buy. Makes it yeah. logical. So, how do you measure or track that your marketing is working? Really, it's just if, like, when I send out a Mailchimp newsletter, then people be like, "Oh, we got your newsletter." And I don't like to send them out. Look, I haven't sent one out in a while, so it's been um, really terrible of me. So, I probably need to revamp that and redo my. Because I would say a lot of people have moved out of the area from when I first opened. Okay. To collecting their address, their email, but they can buy online from you. Yes, they can. When I was doing that, it was interesting to see who would say, oh, my God, we got your newsletter and we forgot you were here, so we pop back. Wow. So it's something I should have, yeah. Or like I have some like some really lovely customers who are in my age group and they've just had kids. Yeah. And they were like, Sam, we haven't seen you on Instagram. Like, yeah, put a post up. Well, we saw that post, but we don't see them all the time. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm not consistent. <laughs> okay, so you measure your marketing by what people say to you. Yeah, it was just the feedback of the comments. Anecdotal. Yeah. You're not alone. Yeah. That's just how I kind of, I'm like, oh, it worked because they mentioned it. So (laughs) That's common. Yeah. Then during COVID, we had a lot more clothing sales online, which Mm -hmm. I had that so much before. Right. So that was interesting. Yeah. And what do you enjoy most about marketing and promoting your business? I like hearing that feedback. Like we saw your post and I'm like, oh, okay, so it does work. I'm not just doing all this for nothing. Like sometimes I feel like, because it look, running a website, it's not easy. It's not easy to load everything on. And I don't see value in paying for someone to do that because I need to give them the descriptions anyway and all the images anyway. So I might as well take the extra couple of hours and put it all online. Yeah. Like it yeah. doesn't. Because I tried to like offload that to my uncle who's computer savvy, but he's like, oh, I need this and then I need this and then I need this. And I don't know what category you want that in. And, mm-hmm. you know, like he didn't know it was an L item and he might tick the Foxwood box. And yeah, I just find it easier doing that myself. And what do you like the least about marketing your business? Uh, it's just knowing like the consistency, like staying mm-hmm. on top of it. And then like I would actually like to do a bit with marketing, but because I've been burnt and the cost, Mm-hmm. The cost factor of where do I put my money or okay what do I do or for me it's like where do I go next or yeah fair enough yeah it's that so it's kind of that ambiguity the unknown element of what's going to work and what's not going to work yeah it's that too and then like I met up with like my website guy years later and he had a new partner and she was all into the marketing and all this. And they came and had a coffee and with me and really lovely. And then she was like, oh, so my back end is WordPress. Yeah. And she's like, well, for us to get to where you want to be or where we would like you to be, you need to do it at Shopify. I was like, but you, I just was in my head. I was like, but I just got WordPress because a couple of years ago, that's what he. That's what he recommended. Yeah. And it never occurred to me that I need to change the back end. Like, and then oh. she's like, yeah. And it will cost about, you know, all, all this money. And I'm like, like thousands. And I'm mm. like, I'm not really prepared to do that. Well, like, can I not make it work with what I've got? Yeah. I think it is difficult because the technology changes so quickly. There's, you know, 
five years ago there was no afterpay and now you've got to manage that, you know, however long ago. Shopify probably wasn't viable, but if you were starting now, Shopify probably would be the best option because you can have it online and in store. So it's hard because the technology changes so quickly that the best option may be different now compared to what it was when you did your website at first. Yeah, and that's the thing that technology changes all the time. So then are you supposed to change it all? Because like I haven't even made back the money that I've made in my first investment on the website. So it's just like, well, now I have, but back then I was last like, whoa, this is all. And I just felt like it's like if I don't, and she spoke through the whole meeting. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I felt like if I don't do it her way, then they weren't going to work with me on that. Wow. That's how I felt. But he's so lovely. And I had to contact him recently because I ran out of space on my website. Okay. And I couldn't get in. And I was like, oh, no, I've got these brooches and I'm in lockdown and they're releasing them. I need to get it. So I had to reach out to him and he's been really lovely. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, your back end probably needs some tidy up. And he gave me a rough cost of how much it would cost. And I said, yeah, look, I haven't done anything to it since you've yeah years ago. So like I probably do need to invest and get some maintenance, but I don't want a whole new back end. Like no. I don't, no, I don't just generate learnt, enough sales. No, when you've just done your YouTube and you've learned how to fix me. I know. I know. So I was like, no, I, I would like to work with this and like grow it and develop it a bit more until, yeah. Because yeah. like I don't even know like like what's going to happen with me in three to four years' time. Like yeah. I don't know if it's worth me investing all that. Yeah. Yeah. Then sell or move on. I don't know. So what are the goals for your business? That's a really good question. I don't know because a part of me like still loves it, but then a part of me is like, oh, my next shop, I would love to have a cafe with a plant store and spiritual stuff with clothing. Do you know, there's this, um, this is a big digression. There's a family, so Demian's from Ireland and there's this chain in Ireland called Avoca Hand Weavers. It is my favourite shop in the whole world and whenever we go to Ireland, I always go there. And it's exactly what you were talking about, that shop in Milan. It's got beautiful homeware, it's got beautiful clothes, it's got jewellery, it's got books and it's got this amazing cafe. Yeah. And there's like five or six, it's probably even more than that, dotted around Ireland now. And I always go, always, whenever we go there. So when you, what's interesting when you talk about before about the cafe bit and then you come back to the cafe bit because, you you know, you don't have that in your current shop. No, and I couldn't do it where I'm at because I'm too friendly with the other cafe owners and I wouldn't. Cafe next door. (laughs) I wouldn't want to do it to them. Plus, I don't know if it's the right area because I started getting, well, in the beginning, I just had some cards there where you would pick a card and it might say happiness or love. And I originally put them there because when I was starting the business, I couldn't afford staff. And if they wanted something gift wrapped, it was something to keep the next customer occupied while I could finish. That's brilliant. Anyway, and then people started asking me, "Can where can I buy these cards? And I was like, oh, like this is just the tech that I had at home. So then I know I was starting on my own spiritual meditation journey. Mm-hmm. So I kind of felt like some of my customers have grown with me with that. And yeah. then I started getting some products in and then some people were very negative and expressed that to me. I was very cautious with what products, so I don't sell tarot cards and things because the area is quite conservative, but I sell more Oracle cards, which have a positive message, yeah. which aren't too in-depth. You know, I was burning sage at the front of the shop and then people were like, oh, I really love that smell. And then I started selling that and now it's kind of developed, mm. but I feel like it kind of came much more there in that area. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, but it's interesting. Like I have some people now, I was actually thinking of just putting like a box of free incense out because I had some customers who used to come in every two weeks and just buy a few packets of incense. So, so I just thought, oh, they're probably missing out on all that because I get a quite unique one. I don't get 
mm. such mainstream. But yeah, my goals, I don't know. I'm just kind of happy with how they're both going at the moment. But I think I would like to invest more in the website and marketing and just exploring with that a little bit. Yeah, that was my next question. How does marketing fit into those those goals? So your goal is more around learning marketing and getting marketing to work better for your business. Yeah, because I feel like you get left behind. Okay. And it's very easy to get replaced and Mm -hmm. people forget about you and... Yep. You have to kind of stay in their face and annoying in a nice way. <laughs> yeah. Annoying, not annoying. Yeah. So I feel like if you don't have some kind of online presence or Google or Instagram, you just get left behind. Yes. But I don't know if I want to take it up to be like, you know, number one bird's nest kind of online mm-hmm. that level. But just maybe like during COVID, I have to say it was a lot of my regulars who were buying that really surprised me. Mm-hmm. And then some of them, I was like, oh, the address is at Pennant Hills. Like I wouldn't pay delivery or if they'd already paid delivery, I'd put something extra in there and I would actually just drop it off myself. And I didn't realize, and people were like, oh, we saw, we were bored. So we had a look and I didn't kind of realize how many of my regulars would go on and have a look, which was a really nice feeling. I had another customer message me. She's like, when you put your kids clothing online, because I want to support you. And she's in Northmead, which is in an LGA box town. Right. So I was like, oh my God, all right, I've got to start doing it. And yeah, so she's got four kids and her mum lives in the area and that's how she discovered my store. Mm-hmm. And then it's kind of like I've grown up with the four kids and she's Aww. like, oh, my youngest one needs clothes. Like we like animal crackers. And I'm like, okay, I've got to get it online. So yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Because you put your stuff out there online and you're never really sure who's seeing it, where it's going. And then there's people get in contact and you go, oh, I really like that. Or I have, yeah. you know, that was really good. Or you know, I miss seeing you. I just think it's this kind of invisible rope, if you like, out to all these people and you just can't see the rope. Yeah, because I don't know who's logging in or not and, and looking at it. I have no idea. And I'm um, like during COVID when I started to read, like I never closed. I was quite lucky. I always did 10 to 2, but obviously back flow wasn't the usual. And some people were staying at home. And then when like New South Wales came to full swing to reopening everything back to normal. Customers were coming in like, we saw this online. Oh, I bought this online. I'm like, oh, it was you. (laughs) So I kind of didn't realise how much support I had. Or the other thing is, is they're like, oh, Sam, we saw this online and we've come in. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realise that. We saw these earrings online. We want to buy them for a friend. We've come in. And I'm like, oh, I need to keep this going because if I don't, like jewellery needs a big revamp at the moment to be totally mm-hmm. honest on my website. But closer to Christmas, people pop on and have a look. And that's only a small portion of what I can carry because sometimes I'll only get earrings in two or three, de- two designs and then there's no point in me putting it online. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard to monitor too what goes online. You've got to make sure you've got enough stock of it. And So a couple of last questions. What advice would you give other small businesses about using marketing and being online? So if I was starting a business now, I would make sure I'm computerized with the back end to fit my website. So okay. I have that option because you get overwhelmed like the yeah. boys store doing it all now. You've got five stores. I don't even know. I can't even get my head around doing my store. <laughs> so I think even though you may not use it, maybe having that option. And there were so many more options from when I first started. I had a customer of mine with Elm and she told me she does it all on an iPad. And she can log in from her computer at home and see how much they're on. So I was like, oh, that's pretty. And she doesn't pay very much for it. I think it was like $10 a month. The technology for retail has 
just gone crazy over yeah. the last five years. You know, yeah. so, so many great easy options for you to run a retail store from a technology point of view. Yeah. So if I was doing that again, it would probably be more of that. And then your staff's always your greatest asset to finding the right fit. Yeah. And I've been pretty extremely lucky with that. And that's just because, yeah, I, I've just was very fortunate. And then like B's knees closed and then Linda needed a job and yeah. So she's on board with us and that's really lovely because now people pop in and see her. And I think when you're part of a small community, which you are, you get good people, you get good customers, yeah. you get good staff because it's just a nice community. Yeah, which I feel like they're fading out now, it's which hard. is really sad, yeah, because I see how well country stores do and how okay. supportive their locals are. It's a big difference. Oh, that's a whole other kettle of fish, isn't it, like if you're working yeah. in But then everybody knows everybody's business. Yeah. <laughs> so the store that's an hour and a half away, they know exactly what they're doing, both of them. They know exactly what they're buying. Yeah, I can't even. And if something's got to run in the country, if a country store's doing it, there's a few bigger ones that, kind of like followers and then everyone all the little ones catch on but then they're all selling the same stuff same stuff oh yeah so it's hard in retail oh I don't know how you do it yeah it is hard because like if that product does well for you you want to keep getting it in but yeah every second person's wearing it down the street I think that's like digital marketing yeah, you know right. if everyone's doing reels everyone has to do reels and if everyone's doing stories everyone has to do stories now it's tiktok and all that are you on tiktok no gosh I can't even keep up with everything no, I'm not on TikTok either. No, I just can't. But the amount of times I've gone on Instagram and then half an hour goes by from me scrolling, doing nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I need to stop that. And yeah. <laughs> you need to turn it off. All right. That's all I had. Is there anything else you would like to add? But yeah, I just feel like marketing, you need to do some form of marketing. Yeah. At some kind of capacity. So, yes. which is something I need to work on. So when you oh. asked me to do this podcast, I was like, oh my God, I'm so far behind. But I do know the ins and outs, but I... So I feel like I heard from you a lot in this conversation. Oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. My yeah. intention was not to give you a big long to-do list. No, but I just, um, it's stuff I do need to do because I, you know, you don't want to get left behind. And yeah. I feel like Beecroft's probably getting an influx of younger families, which yep. are maybe more into Instagram. But then in saying that, I don't know if they're all so supportive, the older generation. Yeah. I think you'd be surprised. I don't know. It's been interesting because my since I subleased to the wool store, my clientele changed a bit. Right. So it changed for a bit older, but I have to say they're very supportive and don't look. When you're a young family with a big mortgage and kids, your priorities are different. When it's yes. the older clientele, it's just they don't think twice. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just yeah, cool. We'll take that. It's I like that scarf. That hand cream smells nice. Yeah, and it makes sense. Like if you've got a high mortgage with four kids, your priority is not to buy staff, you know what I mean? So, yeah, but in saying that, I'm really surprised at that age group, the older age group and how they buy for their daughter-in-laws or kids. Yeah, so that's kind of didn't expect that. So that's been really nice. That's Yeah, so it's just all comes down to knowing your market, doesn't it? Knowing your customers, knowing who they are, what they're doing, and then translating that into a story for that you can tell through your marketing. Yeah, but don't you find sometimes marketing can be misleading? Oh, of course. Because, like, I've, like, if I'm looking for... No, Sam, never. No, but, like, sometimes, like, on Instagram, I'm like, oh, that store looks really good. And then I go to the store and I'm so disappointed. And it's happened on a few occasions. And, like, they hardly have any stock. And I'm like, wow. And isn't that... It just shows you how visually appealing Instagram and Facebook can be and then the reality. 
But the job of those platforms is to get you interested and get you engaged with that business. So, you know, if it's drawn you in, you know, that that its job is done. Yeah. And it's up to the website or the the store or the salesperson to take the next part of the job, pick up the slack, mm-hmm. you know. The whole every plays its part in getting to the cash register. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing for small business owners to think about is what's the role of each piece of the puzzle? Mm, yeah. And I always say the puzzle always changes. The puzzle does always change. Because <laughs> I thought once I got the pieces all right, yep, cool. But no, nah, <laughs> they're always changing. It's not like done. <laughs> so yeah, it is. But now I've learned to like go with the flow with that. Yeah. Because that's the pattern. You're never going to get it. No. So no. yeah been an interesting journey kind of didn't realize how far I'd come since talking to you so I'd say you have a long way like 10 years the last 10 years of owning a small business I would say would be will have been the the period of the most change ever yeah yeah it's been um looking back now like but when you're in it it's different mm. yes yeah, so it's been an interesting yeah yeah interesting right. cool thank you so much thanks Thanks again for joining me today, Sam. It's been great to hear your stories, both from Coco Lena, but also from Elm about how you're using marketing to promote your shop and all the things that you're learning. I'm sorry if I've given you a bigger to-do list. Take care and I'll see you soon.